Welcome back, lads and ladettes, to episode 39. This is the Tobias Enstrom episode. Yeah, just like a casual episode. Nothing like too crazy, too out of the ordinary. Good show player, consistent. <laughs> Dude, honestly, if injuries hadn't ruined his career, like that guy was kind of a stud back in the day. Enstrom, man. I'm looking at his like elite prospects and stuff right now. What a guy. Atlanta Thrashers to the Jets. And I think right now he's playing pro hockey and yeah, he is Still? playing pro How? hockey in Sweden. <laughs> How old is he, man? He's got to be in his like mid forties. He's 35, 35. Okay. Oh, yeah, Not too wrong. bad. Not too no, bad. Yeah. yeah he's still, he still getting up there in age. Yeah, he's playing man. for moto hockey again. That's where he started his career. So yeah, that comes full circle. It really does. That's, that's really beautiful does. to see. Yeah. <laughs> Tobias. Yeah, Tobias Enstrom. What a, what a player, man. Like I love going on hockey TV and just like researching the most absurd like people and and stats and like you some of such a, just have no like, idea rabbit hole. Yeah, dude. Like I had no idea Sergey Zubov had seventy eight assists one year. Really? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> Sergey Zubov. Yeah, dude. Good name. There's some really good like hockey names that you can look through when you go through those lists, and you just start finding like all these people with crazy names that played professional sports. It's so funny. Like, I know there's a few good ones. There's like uh, Rusty Cunts was one of them. That's <laughs> there's just like some iconic sports names. Uh, what's the one guy? He's with like the IIHF. Uh, Dick Pound is that his name? Oh, I think so. About, is it with yeah. the Olympic Committee? Yeah, I think Dick Pound is with the uh, Olympic yeah. Committee. Just some great names. Like it's kind of tough, but I don't know. <laughs> Nothing's tougher than the sunburn I'm battling right now, though. Yeah, man. So you, you sat down and like in every episode, you've kind of almost blended into the wall behind you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and now you are contrasting that wall harder than I've Good, ever seen. Man. Good. Because I went up to Waterloo this weekend and hung out with like my orientation team right. and just got, got up to no good. And I, at one point, like my, my friends got who I'll, I'll talk a little bit about her later, but we had um, like an inflatable pool. Okay. And we literally just like had these like fl- uh, floaties set up in there. Yeah. And then we were just sitting down on the inflatables and like I fell asleep in the sun. No. I fought I fought the sun and I lost. So did you have sunscreen on when you were sitting there or no? Dude, and I, I saw so I put like a light layer on like my legs. Yeah. Dude, my thighs my thighs are brutal. Like so I was laying down with my hands above my head. Oh, no. And just like just like that, just basking. And now yeah. I have like a, a sunburn on my armpit. So you were basically like starfished. Uh, yeah, dude. I was just literally just sprawling out, relaxing. <laughs> and Man, that is horrible. You got an armpit sunburn? I have an, I have an armpit sunburn. And how nothing, much I, How much pain is that? Like, It's seriously. the worst because like, my, the insides of my arms are always rubbing again. Like, it, yeah. just, it sucks. It and sucks. you're going to go play golf today, right? So Yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's a hectic tough. weekend. It's a hectic weekend. Okay, so for anybody who's watching on YouTube, you can see right now Ryan has uh, – a decent I don't I don't even know it's like a good base layer of burn not even tan it's just a burn so McGee can you stand up really quick and I will all I right, will narrate right. what's happening okay, as you do okay. this but yeah. for the people who are watching on YouTube you'll be able to clearly see, see exactly what is going on and this burn it's bad has. it so, is bad so McGee stand up okay. stand up here and I'll give it a description so <laughs> McGee is pumping himself up, getting ready to do this, clearly in pain. He's like, oh my God. <laughs> okay. The burn on this guy's stomach is bright tomato red. And as he is turning, 
oh my, the tan line is ridiculous. It is so white compared to the red stomach he's got going on. And then the best part, the best part of all of this is that McGee has no tan on his back. <laughs> In Dude, one it's like previous episode when we talked about those tan lines, we talked about like how you get the the Neapolitan ice cream, like yeah, half dude. and half. Burn my, it's like a 90 degree angle going up the side of my body and then cutting yeah. across my pants line. And that's exactly and, what you've got right now. And it's so yeah. aggressive. It's, it's really bad. But my, my tan will be arriving in seven to 10 business days. <laughs> so I, I will be a nice golden brown in no time. You know, like we really need somebody to invent something that, like there's sunscreens and stuff, obviously, and then they come out with different versions where it's like less oily or less thick or whatever. Like the mist, the mist ones are my go-to because I don't like having like the lathered, lathered on sunscreen. You know what I'm talking about? They need, yeah. they need to invent something that's like, you just put it on. It's like Axe body spray, but for sunscreen, and it's just not sticky. Well, at they all. have, they have the spray sunscreen, but it's I know, just but not, it's still like, oily. You know what I mean? It is oily, yeah. Right. I, I mean, what? Oily stuff on yeah it. and then you go in the water and it's like but dude just- what, what what better person what better person to invent a new product and and make it succeed than our next guest entrepreneur aaron spivak joining us now is aaron spivak aaron's a serial entrepreneur who co-founded revita size at only 18 years old within four years he managed to grow to eight locations across the gta aaron most recently co-founded a sleep improvement company called hush blankets which was featured on season 14 of dragon's gun it was just since grown into an eight-figure brand uh, welcome to the show, Aaron. I'm glad to have you on, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. So, uh, Aaron, we want to start right away with uh, your like background in being an entrepreneur. You, at the age of 17, 18, uh, we know very well there's a lot of distractions going around in terms of your social life and uh, next steps in school. And you particularly, you were playing, you were going into junior hockey, you are playing junior hockey at the time. Um, what would you say was your inspiration to start being an entrepreneur? How did you know that like that was what you wanted to do and that was the path you wanted to follow? Yeah, it's a good question. I think I was always, um, I was always entrepreneurial when I was very young. I was, I was that guy, uh, you know, cleaning windows with, with his friends, you know, knocking on doors, trying to start a window cleaning business. We, you know, paved driveways. We, uh, grade six i used to sell hats that my mom used to knit um you know in in grade eight i used to i started a party bus company where we would service uh, all the proms with the with the buses uh pre-prom prom after prom and actually that carried on for quite a few years all the way until uh high school and even post high school um i got to a point where we were running probably over 50% of all the proms in, in the city. I won, one year, I think we had almost 180 or 190 different proms and um, pretty much had a fleet of buses. <laughs> so, it, it, I mean, I, I think um, the common tr- trend amongst it all was that I was, I always found um, an issue that was, that was constant. And um, I always thought to myself, why is no one doing this? And then I just said, well, if no one else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then, you know, for, for the prom specifically, it was um, the parents and the, the teachers and the principal's fear of, of drinking on the bus. It was like, you know, the last thing that any principal would want is for a, a bus to roll up to prom and 
everyone just be absolutely hammered when they walk in. And, you know, underage drinking is very scary for a lot of principals. So I, I knew that was a huge issue. And also, like, how unorganized and uh, sketchy the current bus companies were. Like, you call this man a number on Google, and this guy answers from, like, his cell phone in the car. And he's like, what do you want? Like, you, no one ever knew if the bus was actually going to show up or not, you know? Like, yeah. is that my bus? Like, please show up. Like, you never paid him. And, like, the dad, you get the dad's credit card. He's like, what's this, you know? Just the whole experience was awful. So I figured, you know, if I can just cut that out and just like, you know, guarantee people that it'll show up, convince principals to to recommend us simply because, uh, you know, we'll prevent them from drinking on the bus kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, we, we, we found a sweet spot. Everyone was happy with it. Uh, I think at one point we threw some DJs and, you know, I had my friends, we had some dancers on the bus and stuff. We, we made it fun. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, always, I was always just trying to service a need and then, uh, one thing led to the next and, you know, I just kind of continue to scratch that itch. Yeah, man, that's, uh, that's pretty incredible. I mean, around that age too, like I, I can only imagine a lot of your buddies are just sitting on their asses playing video games and, and kind of <laughs> trying to pull you in the opposite direction. Did you ever feel kind of a sense of, of pressure or like, did anyone give you a, a hard time kind of yeah, I mean, kind of doing your shit along the way? Probably. Um, pretty hard headed. So <laughs> Not too much, not not too much gets me. But I mean, I, I've got, I've been uh, blessed with uh, a small, small and, and and concise group of friends. I was never a guy who had, uh, never had like twenty best friends or something like that. You know, like I was, it's always just one or two guys, and we share a lot of this very similar outlooks on life, and we have very similar goals, and it's been like that for a long time. So I don't really, you know, I find in bigger groups um you kind of try to you become a crowd pleaser you don't want to piss off this guy or that girl or this group and kind of just want to hang around and you know there's there's i mean if you go way back to like my podcast from like three years ago you i used to use this line i used to say gas your shitty friends and <laughs> i kind of changed that a bit but the, the idea behind that line was that you know there's a lot of friends that want you to do good and they want you to do well and succeed but as long as it's not better than them um and they're tough to find and they're tough to seek out and they're they're usually right beside you sometimes it's better just to have enemies around you much safer so <laughs> it's um yeah i've been i've been blessed with that so i never had i mean when i was playing hockey there's obviously guys in your team and they're just like that and that's normal i mean you don't you don't expect much different than that but i was always very clear with with keeping people around me that I knew were, were sharing similar mindsets and not doesn't necessarily have to be business, but we're still very goal we're goal oriented. Right. So, uh, you mentioned there, you played, uh, you played hockey along the way. And, uh, we, uh, we touched on it a little bit earlier that you ended up playing junior hockey and I know you played at York university, but, uh, you were actually also the captain of the Markham Royals junior a hockey team. Um, would you be able to talk a little bit about like how, how you manage to balance school, uh, running your businesses, playing junior hockey, like playing hockey at a high level. And uh, also, would you say that playing hockey throughout the way had any kind of influence on your business or the way you thought in terms of going into business and things like that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, hockey teaches a ton. Um, if, you, if you play at a significant level, and for a long period of time you learn things that otherwise at that age you'll never learn 
you know, it's, it's, I see it with people who, who haven't played competitive team sports, um, who haven't, you know, been a 16, 17 year old in a group with 20, 21 year olds. Uh, um, you, you, you see it all the time. Uh, the way you, the way, you know, the way you learn to face adversity, the way you learn to, to sometimes play a lesser role, the way you learn that your ego doesn't matter in some situations. Uh, a lot of that uh, hockey teaches a ton of lessons. And uh, I mean, I carry a lot of those till today. Um, it gives you a little bit of, of toughness, uh, which in business is extremely important because um, at hockey, you're at war pretty much every time you step on the ice, but you're not on the ice 24 hours a day. You're on the ice maybe an hour or two at most. And business, you're at war 24 hours a day, um, where you're up against you're up against yourself, you're up against your competitors, you're up against the market, you're up against anything that can come your way. Uh, in fact, today we had a you know one of our employees broke a wall, and like you couldn't even get into the whole section of the warehouse. Like anything can possibly happen. So it's um, I mean, hockey's played a huge role, and it still does. Um, it's definitely played a huge role, and I and I see it in. I see it most in others who haven't played or haven't been a part of team sports. Um, and it's super cool to see. Yeah, I can, like, Philly and I both played, Philly played AAA. Uh, I played junior for a couple of years. And uh, even even growing up, like, as young as grades four, five, six, like, I always felt, like, a little bit older than my classmates in a way. Like, you kind of just, I don't know, just being involved in, in that team sport and having that atmosphere, kind of a bunch of personalities clashing. I definitely, I definitely see what you mean there. Um, yeah, sixteen to twenty-one is it's a yeah, big it's, deal, and it's, yeah, <laughs> it's it's not a joke. No man. So uh, after after your hockey, uh, I, well, I know you started at Ryerson and saw that you would transfer for York. I guess we we just wanted to know what your reasoning was behind that transfer, and whether whether you think that it kind of had uh, anything to do with your success or, or how the two differed from each other. Yeah, I mean, I went I was at Ryerson originally because I was just taking. Um, courses while I was playing and it was uh, the most convenient and I got accepted to uh, Ryerson out of high school and then just one of those things where I just stayed there and didn't really care too much I was just taking courses to stay engaged um, and then I, I transferred to York because I want I went I wanted to play hockey there and it was closer to home uh, and I had I had to you know our my business was like 1.5 kilometers away from school so it was super convenient um, but yeah, that that was kind of the reasoning behind that. It was mostly to play hockey, and it was my first full year of school playing hockey and running a business, which was quite nuts to be honest. But uh, it definitely forced me to realize what was more, you know, what was most important for me. Um, so without that year, maybe I wouldn't have. I would have been slower to make decisions that were right for me. You, you ended up starting the company Hush Blankets. And uh, for anybody who hasn't seen, you, en- you went on Dragon's Den and pitched to the Dragons. Uh, your part, you had a partner when you went on and you still have the partner. Uh, would you mind sharing a little bit about the background of the company Hush Blankets and uh, about how you and uh, your partner Lior first linked up? Yeah, I mean, um, we both have very similar um, entrepreneurial journeys, a little bit. A little, some differences, but a lot the same. We both started very young. I think he started when he was 19 or 18. Uh, we're both, we're both dropouts from York. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, he never, he never did the, the sport route, but, 
he started his business around that time. I had a business at the time. We connected through mutual friends. Um, and yeah, we were just friends. We had a, a lot in common. Um, when you start business young, you know, a lot of my friends or people that I knew were in university. So like, what do we have to talk about? Um, so we didn't, it was, I had, you know, I had maybe two friends and he was one of them still probably have two friends, but, um, yeah, we just, we were, we were friends together and, uh, he's, he's a, uh, way more technical founder than I am. So I was, he's in the software business and I was always so interested in what he was doing online because I was in retail. Um, and then we, you know, a few years into our friendship in 2017, we just, you know, we kind of, we connected over this, uh, Kickstarter we saw where there was opportunity to improve a product that was out there that there was obviously significant demand. And, you know, we both had full-time businesses at the time and, you know, we were like, listen, we can probably build this thing from 7 p.m. till 2 a.m. every night. And I lived at Young and Dundas and he lived at Young and Lakeshore. So I was like, I'll just go down the street and I'll come to your place because you had a, a nicer place than I did. And I'm like, oh, we'll get, we'll buy a bigger desk and I'll just like post on my laptop after I'm finished with work. Like we'll, we'll have a dinner and I'd like buy thirty-six and then we'll just get, um, it was just something where, um, I, I said that he was the Ferrari and I was the engine because it's like no one in the right mind would want to do that. Like if you have something good going for you, why would you want to just give away every single night to something that may or may not work out? Um, but yeah, it, it, we just kind of started the train and we just kept going and, um, we never really thought it would, it would turn into what it did. Um, but it was quite cool to see that, you know, transpire, you know, so many people talk about like doing more at night, but it was, constantly doing that for a year that really showed results which is quite cool yeah that's awesome i know on the pitch uh you were saying that the, uh, your numbers were six hundred thousand, and then they ended up being 3.2 million um philly and i were, were kind of discussing that before you got on and and we just wanted to know what you think or if you think there was kind of a driving force between that huge increase yeah i mean a little bit of our story i mean we we in 2018 when we launched um we knew we didn't want to drop ship. I mean, no offense to any drop shippers that may listen to this, but it wasn't, we weren't, we, were, we, we weren't interested in the short term money. Uh, and a lot of people, they start businesses because, well, for a million reasons, sometimes to prove people wrong, maybe to show your parents that you're smart enough, or maybe to make, maybe to make some quick money, right. Or whatever it is. And oftentimes the, the motive behind the reason you start is oftentimes the reason why you fail. Um, so for us, we were extremely clear from the very beginning where we've said that we were going to build something that is going to change the way people sleep. And if it's not going to change the way that people sleep, then we're going to just wrap it up. And we were just clear cut right from the beginning. So in 2018, when we launched, um, in order to not drop ship, you need to carry inventory and, you know, we have quite an expensive product and we sell it for a lot because we pay a lot for it. So we had to sink you know, our last three years of savings from our businesses into this idea. And we both did that, sunk everything we had into it. And, you know, when you, when you do that, things start to change a little bit internally. And then we, um, yeah, we said, you know what? I don't want to wait two months for this product to arrive. Let's just throw it up on pre-order, see if we can sell one. And then we threw it up in, I think, January 20th. And January 28th, 2018, we made our first sale, which was great. 
uh, we threw like we ran a Google ad and we're like, holy shit, we had a huge celebration. We were popping champagne in this place. We ordered like salmon. We spent more money on the meal than we made in the sale, but like whatever. And um, yeah, it was awesome. And then the next day we made another sale. And we're like, holy shit. And like, I'm on the site, like I'm on the chat. Any person that like abandoned the cart, I'm calling them at like 10 o'clock at night saying, why did you abandon the cart? And they're like, if you call my wife again, I'm coming to your house. Like you people are just <laughs> furious, you know? But I'm trying to figure out like why, you know? And I was just like, the next day was one and then we had a day with zero and then one day we had three and then that was when we we're like holy shit we have a business um and looking back like three is <laughs> three is nothing <laughs> but like you know you got to celebrate your small wins so yeah uh and it just snowballed from there and by the time our first container arrived it it sold out um it wasn't that big it was like a 700 piece container but it sold out and then the next month was the next container arrived in May and it sold out again. And then June hit and we were on a high, right? We know we're the, we thought we're geniuses and then, you know, June hits and we, I think we were averaging like six sales a day, seven sales a day. And June hits, we make zero. And then like every four days we'd make one sale and we were like, holy shit. Like what happened? Our business sucks. Like what a scam. Let's just focus on our, not you know, other businesses. Why are we even doing this? And, I was like, no, man, we can't do that. Like, we got to figure out why. So I, I emailed every single person that ever bought. It wasn't that many, maybe like a thousand people. And I said, why would you not buy this product right now? And everyone's response, those who responded at least, they, uh, they always said that it was too warm for the summer. Just like, we don't want it. It's like 30 degrees outside. You're giving me a seven layer blanket, like yeah. way too warm. And uh, we're like, holy shit, we need a cooling option. We need, we, need, we need to come up with a cooling way to blanket. It didn't exist, never, never quite existed. And then, you know, we, one thing led to another. We started sourcing fabrics. I had to learn how to, about weaves and overlay and all this weird stuff. And then uh, we, um, yeah, we landed on a fabric uh, that some guy sent us by accident. And it was like the coolest fabric I've ever felt in my life. And I was like, holy shit, we need this fabric. And then I found a mill to produce it, but they wanted a minimum order of like, it would have been equal to like, I think 10,000 blankets. It was, it was basically a, a half a million dollars and we don't have half a million bucks. I couldn't produce this blanket, but uh, you know, there's one place you can bring an idea and if they like it, they'll buy it before you have to buy the inventory and that's Kickstarter. So in, in, during Q4, which was our first Q4, we realized that there's obviously demand. So we made a little bit of money before and we suck it all into this idea that, you know, we can come up with this iced product, which we named it, um, and bring it to the masses and that people would support us and back us on Kickstarter. Right. And then 2019 March, we launched, uh, on Kickstarter and it ended up closing out 30 days and closed out 1.5 million, which was the 10th. Yeah, it was the tenth most raised in thirty days in Canadian history. Wow, which was quite which yeah. was quite special. And that was, you know, to answer your question, how did we hit that that big jump? What was that thing? And, and that really was it. That kickstarted uh, like Kickstarter, but yeah, that yeah. that kickstarted <laughs> our for sure. You know, that kickstarted our our journey and our business, and you know, it gives you ten thousand customers. It worldwide. It, it broke us yeah. into the U.S. It. it gave us a reason to go on dragons then it, it really uh propelled us you know so we, we right. sunk everything into that idea too and it, and it worked out that's pretty cool uh 
so then at that point you uh what makes you decide you want to go on dragons then and then further from that what was like the process of applying and then getting accepted and then ending up on the show could you take us through that yeah, I was just on the on my Instagram one day, and I follow one of the dragons, uh, Michelle Romano, and she just like posted a swipe up to auditions, and I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, dude, we gotta go on. So I sent it to Leora. I'm like, this would be so funny if your mom was just like watching this at home, and like your face comes up, and he's like, and he's like, man, she loves, she loves this show, and I'm like, okay, so let's just apply. And I I swipe up, I apply from my phone. I didn't think anything of it, and then like I'm month or two later they send us a sheet and they're like you can these are the places you can audition and we know very well that toronto is going to be packed you know they they have three days in toronto because they know the volume but then they have all these other cities and we're like we got to go like the most the closest place to toronto that's not toronto because even people within that region are still going to travel to toronto because they believe that toronto is better and we went to i think kitchener or waterloo we were one of two people auditioning and we show up and the other guy, I felt, I mean, I feel bad, but the other guy was just, he was trying to create a ladder that can't fall, but it kept falling. So, <laughs> so, you know, and we were watching him for like an hour and the producer's like, okay, like Sarah, like we got to wrap this up. And he's like, no, 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 I promise it won't fall. And the poor, he's an older guy and the poor guy kept falling and actually like landing on the floor. And I'm like, I can't watch this. And then she's like, this is way too risky. So she cut him and then we show up and we're like, we don't have, we have a product that stands. So, you know, we, we, we made up our pitch in the car on the way there. We get there we we look at her, we're holding the blanket. We're like, uh, we're here. We didn't even know what we were asking for. She looks at us, she goes, she goes, let me just feel this thing. We're like, all right, we put the blanket on her. She was super happy. Um, and then we, you know, we told her about our give back program, which we thought, you know, something where we donate one to 10, 10 blankets. We've done that forever, but we never cared. We never really like spoke about it because it was just something that we did. It wasn't a big deal for us. We didn't, we didn't want the PR or anything. And uh, she goes like, you guys do any charitable stuff? And we're like, yeah, we have this give back program. And then her eyes just like lit up and she's like, wow, this is amazing. And right. we're like, really? We didn't actually think anyone cared. So um, yeah, she passed us on to the next, next phase. And the next phase was, uh, was the den. You just like show up at this, at this uh, CBC headquarters you're in this like warehouse looking thing and you know, you stand outside and they, they mic you up and you're one of like maybe 40 people, 50 people for the day. You have no idea when you're going to get called. You're just sitting there. I'm like, just talking to myself, like practicing scenarios. You know, I'm like shouting shit at Lior. He's shouting stuff back at me. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we were, we were just about to go on. She goes, okay guys, if you're up next, and we're like sick, ready to go. I'm like, you know, I'm punching the air and stuff. And, um, Right before we go on, she goes, uh, actually, you guys aren't going on today. And we're like, what happened? And one of the cameramen who, like, floats like, on, like, that, yeah. like, thing, he, he fell and hit his head and cracked his head open right before we're supposed to go on. So she's like, come on. Ladder guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ladder guy. You know, <laughs> maybe he was using his thing, right? But uh, he cracked his head and we're like, oh, my God, we're going to go tomorrow. And looking back, we were so happy because we were the last, we would have been the last person to, to audition that day. And like, you know, you don't want tired dragons. Like we were tired. The whole, the whole thing yeah. sucked. But we went the next morning at 9 a.m. So like fresh, everyone had their coffee. Like I was wired. Like you can see on the, on the den, like my eyes are coming out of my face. Like <laughs> I am ready to go. You know, I have like 17 express. Like I was just ready to go. <laughs> and um, like I was doing push-ups in the lobby and stuff. 
So like when we when we like when we hit the den, like our energy was just through the roof, and then like they matched it, and it just turned out to be uh, a really cool episode. And I think uh, it was the first time in history where an evaluation uh, increased on the yeah. show. I mean, I don't want to ruin it for those who haven't watched it, but if you watch it, you'll see it's um, yeah. It was, it yeah, was hi- highly recommend. If if we'll probably we'll definitely share a clip or something for uh, our Instagram page. But it's one of the most impressive episodes I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like incredible. We actually wa- rewatched it before having you on. It was it was like <laughs> yeah. it was nuts. It was nuts. I think it was the first time. I yeah, think it was uh, wild. It was like the most offers. Or I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't know if they knew for sure. But it was like the most offers they thought that they'd had ever. It was all six yeah, out of six was, dragons. It was six for six, and then uh, an increase in evaluation, which yeah. was. Absolutely. It never happened. Usually the opposite happens. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, was, it was super cool. So wh- whose ideas were the uh, were the onesies for your pitch? Uh, it was actually Leor. Like, I, I was going to wear uh, a T-shirt that said Hush with it with some black pants. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew he had something up his sleeve. And then the, the morning of, he goes, I got this thing for us. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and he rips open this onesie. And I'm like, these are amazing. So, uh it, it was we did a pitch uh, a, a live dragons den pitch for for charity in montreal and we wore the same thing and it was like the funniest thing of all, of all time so That's awesome. it's like uh, peter lafleur and dodgeball breaking out the new uh the new yeah, yeah we were yeah with, with the pump right but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it was it was hilarious we, we went i still have it somewhere in my closet that one so obviously like the energy you said like you said was going through the roof as you guys walked in there everybody's fresh and ready to go there's one thing i want to ask uh you notice when you watch the video you guys come in with the onesies and one of the dragons looks at you guys sees the onesies and says oh onesies oh god so yeah uh, oh boy yeah oh boy (laughs) that's what it was is that a onesie yes (laughs) Hello, dragons. Wow, jeez. My name. So, as you walked in, like, was it overwhelming walking in and looking at them like that? And then, when they say that, did it like add on to it, or did it change anything? Um, or were you just too focused already. It was, yeah. It was, that's a good question. We, I, I knew every single thing about every single one of them walking in. I know, I know their lines. I know who they like to team up with. I know who they like to make fun of. We knew every single thing. I knew what Arlene, where Arlene likes for breakfast. I know when she has her coffee. <laughs> so like, I, I, like, we were so ready that there was nothing they could have said to us that we didn't have an answer for. Right. And when we, when we walked in, I mean, listen, we spoke for almost an hour. It's a six or seven minute episode, right? So there's a lot they don't show. But when we actually walked in, um, I start my pitch and... Um, one of them said, uh, Jim said, he goes, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. I don't have my pen. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm in the middle of my thing, right? And I was like, okay. What? And I don't know, he said something like, I don't know if it was his pen, but he, he was not ready for it. And I was like, do I keep going? And I just like restarted my pitch. And then uh, we got to the point where we put the blankets on them and then they all pretend to sleep. Yeah. And in and, and the episode, it's like five seconds maybe in real life it was two minutes of them just sleeping (laughs) (laughs) and i'm talking i'm like trying to finish my pitch because i'm gonna forget it because i'm all lapped up and i'm like i look at leor and i'm like what do i do and he just like keep going all right 
All right. Oh, wow, you're gonna wrap us in a blanket. You guys are gonna get wrapped. <laughs> Weighted blankets. Mm. Oh my God, this is heavy. Yeah. All right. Good night, Alice. So we found a lot of problems with the competitors' oh. blankets. Can I suck my thumb, too? This is so um, nice. <laughs> they're made of toxic poly pellets. They're not stitched the same way. They don't have the zipper tech technology, which allows you to just simply unzip it and throw it in the wash. So we definitely improved the standard product. Uh, <laughs> oh, who's snoring over there? Who's snoring? <laughs> Everyone's sleeping. Jim? Money, 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 money. Oh. Dragons, wake up. Wake up, wake up. We got to make a deal. <laughs> Oh! And I'm pitching them while they're all, so, and then one of them started snoring. So I was like, oh my God. I was like, this can't be real. And then um, they like obviously woke back up. Uh, but then after like the initial pitch part, it was, it was super fun. I mean, they, they got in the beds, they, they tested the product. Uh, they asked a ton of questions right. um, that were not shown. They were, they were talking about, uh, like EBITDAs and, and some detailed stuff. They, I know some of them were talking about like CPAs and customer acquisition strategies. And they were asking quite a lot of stuff, um, which we were happy they did. But um, I knew in my head, like a lot of these questions, I'm like, they're not showing this. The average Canadian right. isn't informed on this type of stuff. And they don't care about this kind of stuff. So um, yeah, it was quite good. I mean, right. I think after the first like two minutes, everyone's guard is down and like we, we, we have a normal conversation. It's quite awesome. Right. So that's like them falling asleep. You got to think that's part of their strategy to, to see how you're going to, I guess, react to some, some type of adversity. But was there a point uh, in the interview where you felt like, okay, like we got this. I'm confident in my, uh, my pitch. I'm, pre I'm pretty sure that someone's going to put a, put an offer out. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, here's all the, all the marbles. Hope you have your followers will like this one, but uh, we, we organized the fact that like we organized our response. Um, we knew we knew going in you know it, what evaluations were we knew that uh the dragons want a good deal we knew that it needed to be affordable um and we knew what our numbers were so we came in at um an evaluation that was really low uh compared to what our numbers were so in fact uh half of what the, what we were technically worth Right. So we knew if we came in with something, you just couldn't miss. Like you just, even if you didn't care, you were not going to give up on that because, you know, our numbers suggested that they'd make their money back in 12 months, which is unheard of. Right. And we, we manufactured that. We knew that we wanted to get that response. We didn't want to, you know, you guys are too, you know, all those typical dragons, then you're too expensive. You're out of your mind. You don't know what you're talking about. We didn't want that. We wanted a, to show people that we've got a, quality brand and a quality product because um, we knew we weren't talking to the dragons. We were talking to 30 million Canadians. Um, we knew that we wanted to show that we were solid guys and that we were trustworthy and, our, and because if we're trustworthy, our product is trustworthy. And then we knew that if, if we can come in and give a deal that no one can refuse, then no one will refuse it. Um, so it was, it went, Almost exactly to plan, to plan. We didn't expect the whole evaluation change and all six to come in board, but we knew that we were we were going to get a deal because it wasn't something you'd pass up on if you had the money to. I wanted to ask because uh, you obviously were very well prepared to go into the in there with that. Um, did you kind of expect that your pitch was going to be an hour long, or 
like obviously you had done your research on the people and the questions they would ask and the things they would their their uh, statements and whatnot. Did you kind of think it was going to be hurried, or were you were you under the impression that you were going to have time to discuss with them and answer and ask questions and whatnot? We knew it was a possibility um, because we were. I mean, the whole first day we were basically watching people go in and come out, go in and come out. Right. So some people were there for like an hour and some people were there for 10 minutes. Okay. So, um, you know, our, our biggest, our, our biggest objective, our only goal of the entire Sega, you can call it of from, from swiping up on a link to, to actually standing on the den was, uh, we need to get on air because from the 3000 applicants, only 300 pitch, the dragons in front of the 300 that pitched the dragon, I think around a hundred on the air. So we had a one in three chance of actually airing. So right. for us, we knew we needed to be entertaining. We knew we needed to have a really good episode. And, uh, which is why it worked out that we came back the next morning because we were amped up, you know, like, yeah. So, and, and it was like, you know, when people say, oh, you had a great episode, it's like we didn't actually say anything that was that great, but I feel like people feel our energy and, and the Dragons matched it. They had the energy too. It was quite awesome. Yeah, can definitely uh, attest to that. It's an incredible episode, and, and for any mm -hmm. listeners out there who haven't had the opportunity to watch it, highly recommend. I guess you guys definitely won't be disappointed. Mm -hmm. um, so, so far in your career, um, it seems to me that from what you've told me that you, you kind of had that kind of independent, driven mentality from the beginning, but have you had any... Uh, role models or supporters through your career and, and if so what's the kind of the best or most useful piece of advice that you've personally received oh man i've had so many i had so many and have so many mentors in so many different ways um i've been fortunate actually to have one of my cousins who is 20 years yeah should be about 20 years older than me uh be a mentor for me um when we were starting Revitasize out of my parents' house, um, just coaching me through things and, and being able to watch, mostly the watching, to be honest, you know, watch how, how he conducted himself in certain situations. And um, I, you know, I was, I've been a Gary Vee guy since like 2012. Um, met, met him too. I mean, I've, I've, I've been, I'm all, I'm a huge like personal development guy. I'm always, um, I'm always looking to level up. Um, I'm challenging myself pretty much every single day. I hate reading so that, so I read, you know, like I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm training to climb Everest. I'm, I'm always trying to, you know, I, I, I suck at Excel. So I'm taking Excel courses Like I'm always trying to reach new heights, but, um, yeah, I mean, my 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 mentors have um, have, have really been <laughs> quite a lot of people. I mean, for for my mental health, I've I've I have a guy named uh, Adam Klasner who's done a ton of work uh, with me personally on my on my personal development. You know what goes on in, in my head because you know it's so cool once you look back and look forward to see that so much of what goes on in your head is what draws your reality. And, uh, you know, a lot of people just don't deal with, with things. Um, they push things aside. And I was one of them. I mean, hockey kind of unfortunately teaches you to just put your emotions to the side and just get back to work um, no matter what the circumstances are. And sometimes that's okay, but 
most of the times it's not um you got to actually deal with them and i never dealt with them i was just like fuck it keep working so uh <laughs> you know i just worked through any issue i had uh but it's cool so yeah, i i've got i've got guys in every category i mean i I've, I've got my friends who challenge me you know i've got uh, my brothers who challenge me so i always have um i'm always picking people's brains i'll probably call one of them at least once a day and say you know what's up what, what did you learn this week <laughs> uh, what could i steal from your brain and, and i try to give it back but yeah i mean i i learned really early that um no matter who you're speaking to whether you think they're important or not or whether you think they know things you don't um have knowledge of something that, that that you don't and it can be anything and they have experience that you don't you know my little brother has experience that i don't and uh once you realize that you start actually paying attention to people when you pay attention to people they'll share and you'll learn and you know, i didn't finish four years of school or a master's but i learned from some of the biggest people in, in my industry simply by hitting them up and saying hey i need 10 minutes so it's it's done a lot for me for sure Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, you touched on something. Chills, man. You touched on something there that we uh, we actually didn't know about, and I wanted to ask you about it now. Uh, you said you're training to climb Everest. Uh, when yeah. did you decide to do that, and why? Yeah. Well, I'm 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 actually doing a challenge that is arguably more difficult than climbing Everest. I'm uh, I'm climbing a mountain in Utah. Um, it's a, I don't know how, like, I don't know. I think it's like two, two miles up, or three miles up and I'm doing up and I'm climbing the equivalent. So, so Everest is 29,000, 29 feet. Okay. That's Everest. I'm climbing 29,000, 29 feet, basically going up and down a mountain. So going up and it's a, it's so long up, it's a 20 minute gondola down and I'm doing that 13 times and I can I have to do it in 30 hours. Wow. So I'm climbing Everest in 30 hours. So wow. no sleep, basically. I'm basically <laughs> climbing 24 hours straight. Um, and the reason I do it is because, one, I hate and I always I'm, – I'm a hockey player, so we do sprints. I hate endurance. So I started running 10K. I hate running. Like anything I absolutely despise, I just, I just do it, you know, because <laughs> the, I just – I want to break it. I want to get through it, right? So, um, yeah, my, my, my cousin, who's 20 years older than me, he's very similar to me in terms of um, how much he's trying to level up, like, He's sending me meditation things in the morning. I'm sending him books. Like we're just going back and forth. And um, we follow a guy named Jesse Isler. You may or may not know of him. If you don't, you got to check him out. He um, He's a part of that super couple. He's married to Sarah Blakely on Spakes. And he's sold, you know, Marquee Jet when he was 26. He's Zico, that coconut water. Um, oh, okay. He owns, that. he owns the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Uh, both Both individually billionaires. And they're incredible people. And, um, he, it's his run, but he does like crazy shit. He, he lives life the fullest and, um, he's quite, he's quite inspiring. And he, um, I, when I launched my Kickstarter, I DM'd him and I said, uh, Hey, like we smashed our goal in 45 minutes. Let me know what you think. And he responded and he's like, I don't think anything until you hit a million bucks or something <laughs> like that. Or, or don't, don't tell me to hit a million bucks. So that was our real goal. And then I hit a million bucks and I messaged him and I said, um, we hit a million bucks and he's like, cool. Now, like what's, what's next? And I was like, wow, you're so right. Like what is next? 
and um and i've just kind of stayed in not any maintained some dialogue with him and then uh yeah he runs this this is his run his his climb and my my cousin's a big fan of him too and every year we watched on his instagram we're like why don't we go why don't we go and we just said fuck it let's just rip it that's pretty cool and then uh yeah man always trying to challenge so is it like an organized event then or is it uh you just go and do it like no it's crazy it's like it's you go there and then he speaks you know the whole seminar thing and then there's like matt there's like in, endurance athletes from all over the world that come as trainers and i think it's only like 150 people and you have tents you have like this you have a nutrition thing it's it's extreme and it's, it's only a 60 percent success rate um I've actually, like, I mean, some people actually book hotels in the area for after the event because they already know they're not going to be able to do it. So they want to be able to stay and like finish it at some point. Um, oh, wow. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to destroy it. So that's, that's our mentality. We're going to just muck it. Um, might just, might do like 20. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We're going to get it done. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, it, it should, it should be fun. I mean, I'll document it on my Insta. See how, if I could, if I have the energy. But, um, yeah, so we started training. Uh, we've, we've been training for two months, but this month we really started climbing because finally the weather's here and uh, it's super difficult. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. wild. That's wild. Yeah. Um, just, I guess we're kind of going to wrap up shortly. We got a couple more questions for you here. Um, I guess I know in my business program, kind of, it had a, I met Laurier, and they had a very heavily based, kind of heavily entrepreneurial based um, first year. But I know the majority of the students there want to get into finance and do kind of go that route. But for all those aspiring entrepreneurs out there, do you have any advice to kind of help you? Um, and if so, what would be like the one piece of advice you'd, you'd give to anyone listening who kind of wants to follow in similar footsteps as you? <laughs> um, you got to be crazy. And <laughs> you got to be nuts. You got to be nuts. And you need to have an unwavering belief that, um, that you're going to figure it out. And, um, and you got to do it for the right reasons. I tell people all the time. It's like, I think the, the one skill that I have outside of like actual skills is, um, when people like, when people watch, um, uh, me or even my partner or my businesses, um, they think it's easy. I have this weird thing of just making things look easy. Or when I describe stories, it seems like it all just came together. Must be nice. Uh, because, yeah, you know, like, I, I just, everyone, like, from the outside in, it's like, oh, this guy's life is super easy. And I, I maybe because I don't share any of, like, the hardships or the difficult stuff. I only share the good stuff, like most people. But um, I, I don't share the losses. I only share the wins. It's normal. So, on the outside looking in, it's so easy. Um, but it's not. It's not. It, it's, it's, it's lonely as, as nuts. Entrepreneurship is, is extremely lonely. Um, it's so hard to to win at even it's so hard to even get small wins and uh you have to be a specific type of of individual and i mean uh, i have a lot of friends who who jump into the entrepreneurial space because they want to make more money and that's fine and it it doesn't last because you know the being an entrepreneur is, is a marathon and it's definitely not a sprint. And, you know, there's no safety net. Like there isn't finance or in business 
or and just being a you know an exec or an employee or whatever you wanted to do um there's a lot more security in that uh, and it's safer and if you get a job you you have a boss to say hey what do you want me to do and you have targets and kpis and key performance indicators you know what it is but you have all these things set forth by someone else and all you got to do is work and like not saying it's easy because it's not i have employees that give them the hardest time ever but it's it's way easier than not knowing what to do right. you know what i mean it's way easier yeah. than than having something happen and have no one to like look up to and say hey what do i do now right um and and that's entrepreneurship you know it's just you know i have we have eight locations for revita COVID hit two of them closed the rest are down you know a significant amount and i had no one to go left or right to and say now what you know and like even if i got fired government just threw throws throws me a check i'm safe i'm good i've got ei i've got six to eight weeks i've got experience someone else will hire me as an entrepreneur you don't have that it's just, uh, what am I going to do now? Right. You know? So, uh, you've got to be like, I remember when I dropped out, everyone, like, I think I had two people that actually said it was a good idea. Everyone gave me the same spiel. You should finish school because, um, what happens if, what happens if business crashes? What happens if you don't make what you think you're going to make? What happens if, it doesn't work out in a few years. You need a backup plan. You need like school is your backup plan. And that, that was what everyone said to me, everyone. And, uh, even my, my cousin is a mentor and like, gotta go to school. Right. So, and I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm, in, I am insane, but I don't know if it was my insanity that came through <laughs> where I was just like, guys, yeah, straight up. If I actually like, just like everything, you know, goes down the drain and I'm like, I have no money and I'm just like fucking, suck and i'm 30 i don't know like the worst thing that can possibly happen i guess and like i'll just go to walmart and i'll beg them to hire me and i'll work for whatever the minimum wage is for a year and i'll save up minimum wages what 14 so twenty-eight thousand. i'll go to my parents basement i'll spend eight thousand bucks on food and life and i'll save that 20k and i'll start something else because i have uh, an unwavering belief that in my own ability, whether it's fake or real, I believe it's real. And that's my backup plan. My, I am my own backup plan. And um, that was like, and then every time I said that, you know, everyone's face is the same. It was like, yeah, whatever, you know, like I don't believe it. And, and that, that, that reaction, which I'm sure you guys know, because everyone's, if you've had any idea, I'm sure you've had a lot of in your face. Right. And, um, that has nothing to do with you. And it took me a lot of personal development to know that a lot of that reaction that I got from everyone, uh, including your own family. I mean, your family always does it first, but the, the, the reaction I got from the reason why I got it had nothing to do with me. It was all to do with them. You know, most people don't believe in themselves. So why would they believe that you can believe in yourself? It doesn't make sense. Um, and it, and it, it takes time to understand that it takes time when, you know, people say, Hey, you know, Ryan, Zach, your podcast sucks. It, you know, it has nothing to do with you or your podcast. You know, it has everything to do with, 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 with them, you know, but it's hard. It might be hard for you or, I mean, you guys have each other to kind of, you know, if one guy gets down, you guys can lean on each other as a benefit of, you know, being together. But 
it takes a lot to realize that that's that's just their shit. Right. And you know, I remember, you know, even being on Dragons then, I we had negativity. Even doing our Kickstarters, oh well, Kickstarters aren't profitable. Even buy, you know, getting a warehouse, it's like, oh, what happens if it's empty? Like even growing more staff is what happens if they're underperformed. Like there, there'll always be something to say. And uh, I think if you're an entrepreneur and you're just <clears throat> like, if you can't tell, if you can't take someone coming up to your face and saying, Hey, you're the ugliest person I've ever seen in my life. And if that bothers you, you're not ready for entrepreneurship because you're going to get way worse. You're going to get way worse in this game. And I, and I do not preach that one is better than the other. I just preach to do whatever the hell like gets you up in the morning, gets you excited. And if it's, you know, happiness over, over everything, if you're still on a fan, I mean, I don't know your specific demographic, but I'm assuming potentially university students, give or take a couple of years up or down. Um, if you still want to impress your parents, you're not ready yet. You know, you got to really just get so hard nosed. I mean, I'm sure you guys know when you started your, uh, podcast you know everyone's like oh you, no one's gonna listen to your podcast you know yeah. and now you're getting hundreds and maybe thousands of, of listens you know and it's like you personally don't think you're there yet but some some of those haters it's like right you know now oh, what? Man, you, you, know? <laughs> you get the no pressure no diamonds uh artwork behind you that's uh basically goes hand in hand with uh oh yeah exactly what you're saying yeah, yeah. Actually, I got another, another one. Where is it? Oh. And we got the YouTube channel coming in hot too. So I got, uh, got the visuals. Yeah, the, shoot your shot. Uh, yeah, shoot your shot. Got the, the diamonds. This is actually a, a gift um, from somebody. And this was, uh, I don't know where the hell that came from. But yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's, um, that's, that's entrepreneurship. I, I just, I just drives me nuts because I feel like, and I'm, ta- I'm babbling on about this this topic, but I, I, no, man, I just tried to that. This is awesome. When when I st- when I started, how old am I now? 25. I started six six seven years ago, like legit my first incorporation. It wasn't cool. Like entrepreneurship wasn't cool. Like it was what the dropouts do. It's like the, if you're not smart enough, then you just do on like start a car dealership or something. You know, like go do a hot dog hot dog stand outside the ACC. Like that was like your life. But like it, it now, it's like you know I've I've done you know these this this stuff at these schools and it's like all of a sudden it's cool like you know I remember I was at I was at Schulich and I was like I got all these business ideas and I'm like you guys are at Schulich like what the hell do you guys want business ideas for like you're about to go into like a sweet job just like focus on your shit like, this isn't cool you know so I, I feel like it's becoming a trend now um and i and i think it's gonna leave a lot of people unfortunately sad because people hop on trends for the wrong reasons so definitely take a deep look at why you want to do whatever that is you want to do well aaron i don't think we can thank you enough for coming on and sharing uh, your journey with us and taking us through literally right from the beginning to where you are now and giving us all this insight and honestly the advice you've given and the things you've talked about and how what you focus on and how you got to where you are uh, it's been incredible to listen to and just sit here and be a part of. I can't like I'm so excited for what the listeners are going to be. I know, man. This has <laughs> honestly this been this has been a treat. Yeah, to like, sit here I've, and talk. You've kind of given me. Yeah, you, you've given us a new perspective. I mean, you said a lot of things that I kind of like. I'm just like nodding along, like although I'm just trying to like take it all in and like I know like I'm kind of asking the questions here, but I was like, oh my god, like these are incredible answers. Like, <laughs> yeah, trying to apply these into my everyday life now. Like, that's I can awesome, hear the man. Gary V coming through. 
I just I just try to say shit that I wish people said to me. Um, yeah, yeah you know? we appreciate it, man. Super appreciate it. That's it. it. Yeah, you know? well, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for taking the time to do this. We really appreciate it. And uh, well, if anybody wants to go and check it out, uh, Aaron's companies are Hush Blankets uh, and Revita Size. We will post links to both of those and put up a little link to the uh, the Dragon's Den episode that they were featured on. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's got to check that out. And then uh, we know that you're gonna climb. We're no, you're gonna climb the mountain and complete the challenge. So it's not even a question of good luck with that. Yeah, I'm gonna document. Are you guys on LinkedIn? Yeah, 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 we yeah. We are. I just joined a few months ago. It's a wild platform. I love yeah. it. I post a lot of crazy shit on there. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Check it out. That's good. It's like the Facebook of like everyone. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> For real, man. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming yeah, on. Thanks we for really coming appreciate on. Appreciate it. Okay, so what an incredible interview. Uh, it's one of those ones like it doesn't necessarily like fit into just like a sports one or like or anything like that. But it was really cool to have that connection of how he transformed from playing hockey at a high level. Like he played junior A hockey. He was the captain of a team. He went and played university hockey at York. He won a championship there. Um, and then he transitioned into the business world and was super successful. So it was kind of cool to be able to hear how he tied those things in and like how competitive yeah. he is in the business world and how driven and stuff. And even just and that's, about like that, uh, that thing that he's doing where he's going to be climbing, right? Like, yeah. I, th I think the thing that was most interesting for me is, is how like he all always had that like entrepreneurial mindset from the time he was 13 running that prom bus company like who, what 13 year old does that man yeah it was insane this guy's just in a, in a league of his own and it's was super cool to chat with him we had a blast listening yeah. to him learned a lot and like just preached some great um just like preached some great stuff about kind of just like personal development too and how it's kind of the whole everything you do yeah affects kind of your mindset what you're feeling what, you, what yeah. you're doing so that was really neat man yeah okay so uh, it was really cool to like get to hear this guy talk about all these different like ideas and stuff that he came up with and all the businesses he was doing. Um, it kind of reminds me actually of, or gets me thinking about something that I want to get into for our, uh, our first Be Better segment. So I think right now is a good time to head into that. Woohoo! Okay, so... For our Be Better segment this week, this one was actually brought to me by my parents. Uh, they nominated it. I got a text last night from my mom because I was out. And my mom texts me and says, um, we have a Be Better story for you. And I said, I can't wait. And she goes, you're going to need to delete the Skip the Dishes app though. So I'm thinking, okay, that's kind of oh. interesting. Like what could have happened here? So let me explain. My parents, they ordered dinner last night and uh, they ordered through the Skip the Dishes app. The restaurant, uh, I guess on the order that they printed off, they failed to print off one of the menu or one of the meals. So they just didn't make the meal and send it. So it gets to my parent, like our house, my parents open it up. It's missing a meal. They look on the receipt. The receipt is missing the meal, but the skip the dishes order has all of the orders that they put in. Mm -hmm. So my dad calls and is like, hey, uh, we're missing a meal, whatever. Like, it's not on this order, but it is on the skip the dishes. So the guy goes through the process basically saying, like, do you want a refund? Do you want to get the food? And my dad's like, well, somebody here doesn't have a meal. So obviously, we want to get the food. And the restaurant says, okay, no worries. We'll, we'll contact skip the dishes and get it sent to you. Well, 
skip the dishes, then calls my dad and says, they can't, they're not going to deliver it because the meal is too small or like the order size is too small. So they were, they will only refund it. And my dad's like, well, somebody here literally doesn't have a meal. Like what, what, what do you want me to do about that? And they're like, well, I don't know. We'll just refund it. So they wouldn't go and pick up this order. So to me, and my dad said as well, skip the dishes, be better. Yeah, skip, you know, that's, a, that's outrageous, man. That's a like, joke. What are you going to do? Make the person without food order their own meal while everyone else is just like indulging? That's and then the other thing absurd. I was thinking about too is like, how, does that, how can you have like your meal is just too small? Or like the order is yeah. too small. Like I get if you're going to try and order like a box of nuggets and nothing else from McDonald's or like a drink and then that's it. But you're ordering an entire meal, regardless of if there's other meals or not involved, you're ordering a meal. So how can that be too small? Yeah. That's somebody literally is left there without, without a meal. So skip the dishes, be better, just be better. Like deleting the app, never use skip the dishes. That's a (laughs) boycott. Skip the dishes. Boycott. Skip the dishes. All, everybody that's listening, boycott, skip the dishes. It will make an impact. (laughs) (laughs) We're, we're, We're DoorDash people now. Yeah, we're DoorDash. <laughs> yeah, so skip the dishes, be better. That's just a joke. Um, right, we're now going to jump into our last segment. I feel like we're on a roll. We got to keep her going. Yeah. So what What I'm proposing for, you know what? This is going to be a lad dad of the week. We have a lad dad of the our week. Our second lad dad of the week. Our second lad dad of the week okay. goes out to, to a member of O-Team, Aaron Quinn. Shout out, Aaron. She was extremely hospitable this weekend. She allowed me to crash uh, at her place while we were kind of just like doing our thing in the loo and partying with the, the rest of the team. So I had my own bed and, and shelter over my head. It's perfect. And uh, yeah, man, it was just a class act altogether. Made me lunch. Wow. It was wow. just incredible. Aaron, wow. thank you so much once again. You are the lad out of the week. Congratulations. Second lad out of the week keeping it consistent here we got some diversity i like it i like it good stuff mcgee well that pretty much i think wraps up uh episode 39 the tobias enstrom episode the tobias enstrom episode episode. dude aaron spivak was a hell of an interview yeah i uh, so much fun there was points where like i felt like we were watching like a gary v or something yeah like forgetting that i'm interviewing this guy yeah i know i mean a pause just like Oh wait, I have, I have to ask the question. That's the next I follow up. Yeah, yeah, it was a really cool interview. Uh, but yeah, it was a sick interview. It. Hope everyone enjoyed it. And there's more big things where that came from. There's definitely. So in, in order to find from. out, in order to find out what other big things are coming, tune in next week, same time, same place, same launchers. Cheers, lads, ladettes. Cheers. Cheers.